Shit We've Read is a proud member of Bilo Network, a network of geeky podcasts. Please visit shitweavered.com to support the show. Now let's talk about some books. Welcome, geeky bookworms, to another episode of Shit We've Read, a sci-fi and fantasy book podcast hosted by some geeky friends. My name is Jason Rico, and I'll be one of your hosts on today's episode where we are talking about Dawn by Octavia E. Butler, which is our uh, Black History Month pick for this month. We felt like it's appropriate to choose an uh, author by one of the prevalent voices in Black sci-fi for sure. Um, but before I can talk about this book, I need to introduce my co-host. Joining me is Laura Benson. Hey, Laura, how's it going? Uh, pretty, pretty well. I'm, I'm excited to be back on the podcast. Yeah, you've you've been pretty bit. busy, which is why you you've been MIA for a little bit. But glad yeah. to have you back. I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> and uh, also with us is Bella Romero. Hey, Bella. Hey, Rico. Again, long time no see. I feel like ah, I did actually just see you this time. This yeah, I saw you, you on you, Sunday. Yeah, you did, which is as in person this two days ago. Yes. Yeah, we must go celebrate a friend's <laughs> birthday. Did an escape room. We made it out. It was amazing. It was very, uh, very immersive. If you haven't been to Neo Escape Rooms in Sacramento, go check it out. Mm-hmm. Highly recommend the Haunted Train. Yeah, it was uh, deceptively scary. I did not expect to be quite that like scared. It. Yeah, <laughs> Aww, it's really scary. <laughs> then, yeah. Um, they did a good job. <laughs> they did a great job, yeah. Great job. I was not ready for it. Um, okay, but we're not talking about escape rooms. We're talking about books. But before we get to the main book, as always, I'm going to ask you both, what is some of the other shit we've been reading recently? Bella, I'm going to start with you. Anything else you've been reading? The same answer as Romance. After Dark. Um, it's well, I'm still on uh, A Court of Thorn and Roses uh, series. I'm on the third book. Almost done. I think I'm like almost two thirds of the way through. Um, I like it. I mean, I, I obviously like stuck with it. Um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm excited to, to talk about this book and maybe read some other books hopefully soon. I don't know. I'm boring. I'm also, I'm also busy and in school. So it's like, "Mm, this is what I've got time for. But you're speaking (laughs) with the series. So series are easy. You can just see there's like an automatic next book. So. You don't have to think about it. But I also okay. then get kind of bored of them sometimes. Like, and this one's like a long series. So I, I might take a break after the third one because my understanding is they kind of like branch off into like individual standalone books. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of pause. Um, but yeah. So I don't know. Laura, what have you been reading? If if anything at all, no pressure. Um, I've actually been reading um, an ARC that I got from Tor Publishing Group. Um, I've mentioned in previous episodes uh, the books um, The Last Watch and The Exiled Fleet by J.S. Duess. Um, She is a, a really great author, and so she is releasing Rubicon in the end of March, so pretty soon. And I, it's totally my kind of book, sci-fi, space opera. There's robots and it's a, it's a military sci-fi. So it's not necessarily like everybody's cup of tea, but I really, I've been really enjoying it. Um, so I, so far, I would say, check this out. Um, maybe, maybe I could just read the synopsis really yeah, quick. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so again, Rubicon by J.S. Duess. Sergeant Adrian Valero wants to die. She can't. After enduring a traumatic resurrection for the 96th time, Valero is reassigned to a special forces unit and outfitted with a cutting-edge virtual intelligence aid. They could turn the tide in the war against intelligent machines dedicated to the assimilation or destruction of humanity. When her VI suddenly achieves sentience, Valero is drawn into the machinations of an enigmatic major who is hellbent on ending the war by any means necessary. So, you know, kind of see why it might be my kind of story. Uh-huh. I see. For sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I do really like cool. it. There's some 
you know, snarky kind of personalities and and jokes and I connect uh, a little bit with the main character Valero. She's very um let's say she follows the rules and she's about business and I feel like that's kind of my mindset. <laughs> so, that's kind of cool being able to connect with a character that's not really exactly me, but you know, you kind of understand, kind of understand her uh, choices. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. um, I really like it. Again, this book is out on March 28th. Um, so, I would totally recommend everybody go pick this up when that's out. Go do a pre order or something. Um, it's really cool. <laughs> I, I enjoy it. Oh, also, I want to mention that a lot of different, a lot of the scenes in this book so far remind me of video games oh, in a way. Okay. Like I'm, oh. some of them I'm picturing like if I were actually playing how it's how it's described and like what she's doing and how she's moving and seeing things. And I was like, man, I could totally picture sitting here watching this, playing this game. Nice. So it kind of has like a cinematic cool. feel to it. Yeah. Um, nice. Which I, I think um, she has, the author has a background in film, and I believe she is doing, I think she just got hired to write for um, a video game. I'm I'm blanking on which one it was, but I remember her announcing that, and I thought that was so cool. Video games are my kind of thing, too, so. That's sweet, sweet. Yeah. Well, what you've just read coincidentally connects very well to what I've just read for a couple of different oh. reasons. One, what I finished reading was also ARC. Um, it was called World Running Down by Al Hess. And that ARC was provided by Angry Robot Books. So thank you to them. Um, I can't really give too much away about how it connects, but you can draw your conclusions from the, from the, from the synopsis. Um, but this book is, is a queer dystopian sci-fi about a transgender scavenger on the outskirts of a dystopian Utah who dreams of earning enough money to afford citizenship in Salt Lake City and with it free access to the testosterone and surgery he needs to transition. He gets his chance when he's offered a visa as payment for a risky job retrieving stolen androids. But of course, the job turns out to be more complicated than expected, so he has to decide if achieving his dream is worth going against everything he stands for. And like I said, there was something you said in your synopsis that I left out in mine, but you might be able to figure out the complication. Um, But yeah, it was a lot of fun. It uh, it's super cute, adorable read, cute characters. Um, It actually coincidentally is releasing today that that we're recording this, which is February fourteenth. Didn't plan that at all, but just coincidentally. So happy book birthday to the (laughs) book. Uh, but by the time you re- listen to this, it'll be out for a couple weeks. But uh, I, I definitely recommend checking it out. It's a, uh, it's, it's great. Um, cool. Yeah, I'll have to look into it. It sounds interesting. It definitely, definitely was. There's as I was reading it, I was like, Laura, I think would really, really like this. <laughs> there's, there's AI. There's, there's robots, androids. Um, I think there's a lot there that you'd, you'd appreciate. Nice. Okay. All right. So that's some of the other shit we're reading. But we are here to talk about. A book, and as I mentioned earlier, that book is Dawn by Octavia E. Butler. It was published in May 1987. It is the first book in a post-apocalyptic sci-fi trilogy known alternately as either Xenogenesis or Lilith's Brood. I believe Xenogenesis was its original name, but more recently it's known as Lilith's Brood. Hmm. Okay. Um, Bella, do you want to read the synopsis for us? I would love to do that. Okay. When Lilith Iapo wakes from a centuries-long sleep, she finds herself aboard the vast spaceship of the Onkali. She discovers that the Onkali, a seemingly benevolent alien race, intervened in the fate of humanity hundreds of years ago, saving everyone who survived a nuclear war from a dying, ruined Earth, and then putting them into a deep sleep. After learning all they could about Earth and its beings, the Onkali healed the planet, cured cancer, increased human strength, and they now want Lilith to lead her people back to Earth but salvation comes at a price. Hopeful and thought-provoking, this post-apocalyptic narrative definitely explores gender and race through the eyes of characters struggling to adapt during a pivotal time of crisis and change. Awesome. Thank you for that. Of course. 
As I did mention, this is our pick because it is Black History Month, and so we wanted to definitely uh, highlight a, a black voice. Um, this, I believe, Bella, you may have suggested this, um, but I think this may have been on our list. It's been on our list for a mm -hmm. while, um, and so this was the perfect excuse to finally go ahead and read it. Mm -hmm. um, and so, yeah, let's get into our thoughts. Um, but before we, we get into that, just a quick couple content warnings in the book in case... Um, you need to hear this. Uh, the book does briefly kind of cover suicide ideation. Uh, there's a dubious consent, and and it kind of, I don't really know how it kind of tiptoes around rape. Um, mm -hmm. I, yeah, we'll maybe get into to, into that a little bit more. But if any of those um, are are troubling for you, just please take care of yourself and and continue with caution. All right. As always, first impressions, non spoilery. Laura, I'm gonna pick on you. Yeah. What? Wow. Yeah. I saw. I saw you looking around like you didn't want to get picked. So. Yeah. The okay. first rule yeah. about not being called on is yeah. Don't yeah. avoid eye contact. Yeah. Yeah. All, all our teachers <laughs> out there immediately know. gets you called on. Um, I mean, I guess that's fair. I haven't been on the podcast for a bit, so. Uh, I overall, I liked it. I didn't know what exactly to expect from it, so I, I guess I didn't really have any expectations. So I just kind of jumped into it, just kind of accepted what it was giving me. But I think um, so. I I have the book, but I mostly listened to the audio book, and so there's a lot of times that I just kind of missed details. And so it was kind of a struggle for me going through the, through it because I didn't know if I was missing details or if if it just wasn't explained or mentioned for the questions that I kept having. Um, like some of the passage of time got a little confusing for me. Mm -hmm. But overall, I got the gist of what the story was was about, what they were doing. Um, what Lilith was going through. It was very interesting to, to, to see this drastic difference between humanity and the Owen Kali. Um, and I think that uh, the author did a really great job having them so different, but explaining things in a way for us to understand how the Owen Kali um, society, I guess, functions. And I thought it was well-written how Lilith slowly learns more about them and becomes more involved. And it felt kind of like, you know, you're following her journey into learning all of this stuff. Gotcha. If that makes sense, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah totally. Um, totally. I thought, I don't know why I didn't realize. I was like, I did not think about the fact that this was a series. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Like, it's pretty obvious. Like, I I knew, but I didn't really, I don't know. I guess I forgot or something. But yeah. I got to the end and I was like, wait, that's the end? <laughs> I feel like there should be more. No, I was with you. I was with you. Yeah, I, I knew it was a series, but it definitely ends in a way that's like you need to continue with the, on to the next book. Yeah. Yeah, not in a way like, all right, book one is done. The story is complete. There's another story coming. It's like, no, no, no. This is just the first part in a, in a bigger story. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like this is the big first chapter and then go to the next chapter and I don't know. Uh, <laughs> so I was a little surprised by the end because I was reading, I was listening to the audiobook when I got to the end and then it was just like done. Started reading the credits or whatever and I was like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. Did I, did I accidentally skip a chapter or something? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. I, again, overall, I really enjoyed it. <laughs> and I, I am a sci-fi, you know, alien space kind of, you know, those are my top, my type of books. So I think in general, I was just excited to read it mm -hmm. just for that yeah. too. So <laughs> um, again, going back to how the book kind of felt like it ended at the end, uh, I was listening to the audio book and you can tell it was coming to the end. I think it said I had about 30 minutes left in the audio book. I'm like, okay, we'll wrap it up soon. And then the book ended 
And those last 30 book, sorry, those last 30 yeah. minutes were like, and a sneak peek onto the second book is like, oh, wait, it really literally just ended. I thought we had more to go, but here we are. Yeah, I, I realized that too. I was really <laughs> confused. <laughs> All right. Bella, what did you think of this book? Um, I wanted to like this book more. Um, I was real, I was kind of bummed. Um, so okay, I mean, interesting. No surprise here, but I am definitely way more of a fantasy fan. Sure. Sci-fi is not yeah. my bread and yeah. butter. I like it. Um, I'm, I, I'm a classic Star Wars fan. Um, not the new stuff. Uh, but even that is very <laughs> fantasy. And that's very, it's more fantasy than sci-fi. Yeah. Um, so sci-fi takes like it has to be a really strong premise that like ropes me in from the very beginning. Um this didn't do that for me. I mm. it there were times that I was interested, like certain plot points that were interesting. But overall, it I like I didn't finish the book. Like I had a really hard time reading it. Wow, okay. Yeah, I really not I'm your cup gonna, of tea. All right, it really wasn't, and it had nothing. I was at first, I liked it. I was like, it's very well written. You got you have some of that like slow exposition. Like you're you're following along with our narrator. Like where am I? Who am I? You know, who am I talking to? And like figuring in that figuring out that mystery was really interesting. And then we found out who they were and what was going on. And then I just was like, I don't really care about like figuring out the differences in this. <laughs> like, I don't want to get too much into spoilers. Um, but yeah, it just was it was really slow for me. I could tell that this book was written. I knew it was an older book. I didn't know how old um, it was published in 1987. I don't know if we mentioned that earlier. I could tell it was written in the 80s and I don't like 80s science fiction, the pacing, the structure. The writing style is just not, not my thing. It's really hard for me to get into. It's Bella's turn to be Emma. I know. Yeah. It's always got to be <laughs> I one. I was like, you know, always I'm going to embrace the Emma energy. Yeah. Oh, good Lord. When you say you don't like 80s sci-fi, are you talking about 80s sci-fi books? Because 80s sci-fi movies are amazing. Books. Okay, uh, books. The movies books. are okay. fine, but the books in particular wow. are like... <laughs> Wow. I'm sorry. Sci-fi is really not my bread and butter. We have ET. So it's really close encounters. Uh, uh, ET. Uh. No, I watched it too young. It scares me. Um, no, 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 no. Okay. ET is terrifying. Okay. But yeah, even that has like a certain pacing to it that I don't enjoy. Um, I don't know what it is. Like, okay. yeah. There, there's more we'll get into. But uh, I will admit, I got seventy percent of the book. I would have finished it, but I was like, you know what? Honestly. I'm not that excited about it anyway, so this will add a new layer to the podcast. I think we should get into spoilers. I think so, too. Well, I've been giving my thoughts, so yeah. I'm going to give my thoughts really quick. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, you, yeah, heard, yeah, you yeah. haven't okay. given your thoughts. No, you do no, yours. I haven't. You do no, yours real quick. I, how dare, let me speak, please. <laughs> well, you Sorry. responded to Laura's comments, oh, so I thought that was your thoughts. Um, okay. I really enjoyed this book. This is my type of team when it comes to sci-fi. Like, Laura, earlier, the other yeah, book you're reading, be. you said was, like, very militaristic. Like, I, I don't like military heavy sci-fi i don't like politic heavy sci-fi what i like is kind of more intimate relationship cultural sci-fi i want to know more about these aliens i want to know more about the relationship with humans i want to know more about the world that it exists in uh, i like when there's a little bit of an intrigue a little bit of a mystery uh the book mm. that came to mind that reminded me a lot of this, but like kind of on the other side of the coin where this is more serious and the other one's more humorous is Project Hail Mary. If anybody's mm. read that, it's very like an alien and a human are trying to figure each other out. There's a mystery of like what's going on. We don't really have the full story yet. It's developed over time. Um, so I really, I really like this book. I thought it was well written. I like the way the exhibition was given. Um, I think it made a lot of sense to have the main character not know anything so that the exposition was given to us by relaying it to the character. Um, and so that felt natural to me. Um, it was There was a lot of information that needed to be given, but 
because the character was learning about it for the first time too. It didn't feel like it's, mm-hmm. it, it felt natural. And yeah, so I enjoyed it, but not everybody did and that's okay. All right. So <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, I'm going to start off by first yeah. saying, um, Bella, I don't think you missed too much by stopping at 70%. Huh? <laughs> I, I I did feel like I got to a really good point where I was like, okay, I can have a conversation about this book and I do want to finish it. Like just, just to say that, like, I, I, I think I want to know what happens. I just think this format, the way that the book was structured, wasn't for me. I would watch the movie of this in a heartbeat. I could see that being really interesting. We'll get to that. We'll get, I want to get I, to that. Yeah. I do think you should still finish it. Yeah. I'll probably read the other ones too. Like it's good enough that I want to keep reading it. It's just not my kind of style book. So it's really hard for me to get through it. I was not motivated. Did you, okay. Did you guys read the book or did you listen to the audiobook? Read the book. Couldn't find the audiobook. Was there, do you feel like there's a difference? It's on audible only. I wondered. I, I listened to the audiobook. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I, I mean, I always kind of go half and half. Like, I'm I'm reading along with my digital copy, making notes as I go. But especially for for sci-fi and fantasy, where there's a big world that needs to be built and pronunciations that I don't know. Like, I like yeah. having the audiobook and someone telling me how these names are pronounced. Mm-hmm. That I, I did miss. I do think the author, or not the author, the I think the narr- narrator for the audiobook was pretty good. Yeah, she used different voices for different characters, and the Owen Collie um, in the audiobook they sound very similar. Um, the way that they talk, their tones and whatnot, but the narrator did a really great job at still being able to differentiate who was actually talking. Um, so that was really cool. I liked that. Um, yeah, and that was actually part of the story. I, I that actually sounds like the details were consistent, like. Uh, Lilith said like it was hard to differentiate the Owen Collie when she was interacting mm-hmm. with them because they all have the same like androgynous tone of voice. Um, so that's kind of that's cool to hear. Like I think this is this book, this author is obviously really good at creating worlds. So yeah. I think it's just reading it is not my jam. Bella, so just so you have an idea of what the the Owen Collie s- sounded like, um, they reminded me of the Common Owens. From Attack of the Clones. Mm. Yeah, like that's that. kind of what I pictured. They had that or kind like, of voice, like very, very envisioned. Kind of calm, I don't know. Yeah, soothing, kind of whispery dream voices. I felt like, mm-hmm. but I love the narrator. That's, the narrator was great. That's what yeah. it. Such, a, it such a pleasant voice. Oh my god. Yeah, she even did did the male voices, and those sounded different. And yeah, she did a great job. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Maybe maybe using the audiobook to move forward with it might be easier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let's take a look like big, like uh, big world and we'll come in tighter as we go. But like overall world building, like this is a sci-fi world. Like there's aliens. Uh, how, how do we feel about this world that Butler created? Because it takes place in a future where Earth is, we've pretty much destroyed Earth. Um, and and these aliens have come in to rescue us, maybe. That's maybe part of the mystery. But do we like the world building? Do we feel like it made sense? I think overall, um, it made sense to a certain point. Uh, it didn't quite make sense early on because obviously we are learning these details with Lilith. So it was kind of weird and confusing and couldn't necessarily figure out what the reasoning was for all of the things that were happening but i think it made sense in the end um and even then i don't think we're getting very we're not getting all the information in this book (laughs) which is where that comes into play like oh this Uh is the end i feel like all my questions didn't get answered (laughs) Mm -hmm. um but i think that overall the world building was was done fairly well there was a lot there it felt like an actual um, like there was a lot of time that was put into it. Um, there were a lot of descriptions for how things worked, things that didn't necessarily 
weren't necessarily that important, but we still got brief descriptions so that we understood. Um, like, I think at one point they were talking about their vehicles. Um, and it was very brief. Like, we didn't need to go into super, you know, in-depth description like uh, Light of the Jedi did for some of this stuff. <laughs> but we still got just enough information to understand. Yeah. Which I really liked. That helps mm -hmm. to kind of build. It's like if you were watching a show or a movie or whatever, you see things on the TV and it's just enough to know what's happening. Yeah. So. Which is why I, I, I think I enjoy this type of sci-fi so much because some sci-fi and some fantasy authors can be very heavy-handed with the world building, right? And they can describe every detail of this world. And, they, and they've given a lot of thought and kudos to these authors who have figured out every little part of the world. But me as a reader, I don't really care about all that sometimes. Mm -hmm. I just want to know enough to understand the story. I don't need to know what the water in the sea tastes like in summer. Like, <laughs> I'm glad you know that. I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah. But what does that do for me? Nothing. Get to the story. Yeah. Uh, and so, yeah, this, this world building was, like you said, enough to, to make the story make sense and keep it moving. And, um, and, and also, you know, to go along with it, I think it leaves enough open for me to want more. You know, I want to mm -hmm. read the sequels. She's like, okay, well, tell me more now. Some of the the descriptions were interesting and kind of reminded me of what we talked about um, with Aaron in the episode about uh, the Kaiju Preservation mm -hmm. Society. Yeah, We talked about how we didn't quite understand what some of the things are supposed to look like. And we thought that that was intentional because what the characters are seeing aren't exactly, they just don't know how to describe them. Yeah. So I feel like in this book, it was similar because there were times that I couldn't quite understand what things looked like or how they functioned or what they mm -hmm. were doing. But I still got, you know, again, an idea and so I thought that was kind of cool. Like, I still don't really understand what I'm picturing in my head for the Owen Collie. Same. <laughs> I, just, I don't understand. Same, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's tentacles. I know that they have tentacles, but they don't, it's not described, like, exactly how big they are or, you know, how long and what, it just, it's like, it's just, they move, think big worms, but then I'm like, well, what is it? I don't know what that is either. Like there's so many different sizes that this could be. And and so I just thought it was kind of interesting because if we it's it's like if we were to see the Owen Collie, we wouldn't know how to describe it either. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to yeah. I'm, trying to, I'm, I'm trying to yeah, I don't I didn't do a good job of picturing the Owen Collie. No. Um they don't have eyes, but um one of them had like dark patches where eyes might have been but they see everywhere. Yeah, like their their tentacles are sensors that like see and pers and sense the world mm -hmm. for them. Which is it? So they don't have like eyes or like even like you know fingers the way that we understand them to be. But yeah, like that. Like that part didn't actually bother me that. But like I was like, okay, yeah, like they look. And and also I think at one point she describes them as all looking a little bit different. And like the Uloi. U Uloi or Uloi? Uloi. The, Uloi. Uloi. The Uloi look different than the um, the rest of them. Uh, the Oankali. But so I think that was hard for me to keep straight. Like the Oankali versus the Uloi, what they looked like. Like they 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 looked the same in my brain, even though I understood them to be different. Um, like the the Uloi had the the two arms like on the outside of their bodies. Um, but I, I, so like, I, I feel like there were things that were like over explained and things that were under explained. So like, I didn't have a clear picture of like what the extraterrestrials looked like, but like, I could tell you that the vehicle that they were talking about was like, basically like a slug. They were like, yeah, it's kind of like that. Earth has a similar creature. You can call it that. Like, I, I think it was like the way that they explained it to and approach things were like, oh, did you wonder what that was? Did you think that that was a vehicle? Like, yes, it's a living creature. OK, like it just 
And I know that that was like the, that's the type of character. And I think that in a movie it would go faster to where my brain would enjoy it. But like when I'm reading it, I'm like, can we get to the next like plot point? Like I, I don't need to like talk on and on about this vehicle in this way. Um, but Rico, what were you still, you still have a thinking face on. What are you thinking? That's just my face. Uh, <laughs> you just, you, just, you do just... not like that. I do not like this book. I mean, no, I don't dislike fine. this book to be fair. Um, no, I'm a little shocked. Uh, <laughs> only because, you know, because I, yeah, you know, sometimes you read a book and, and you feel a certain way about it and you, and um, you kind of assume everybody's going to feel that way or you want them to feel that way. And when they don't, it's just like, oh, I'm a little offended. You didn't enjoy it as much as I did, but that's okay. <laughs> so, okay, Bella, you mentioned the the Uloi, which in their culture is a is a, a third gender, which is basically no gender. Which is no gender, um, but they also the Uloi also have additional abilities. They're the ones that can kind of manipulate genetics and. They're necessary for the for reproduction, but just what were your thoughts on on this concept of of a of a third gender and how they they connected to the other genders and and literally to humans as well? I mean that's spoiler down the line, but our girl Lilith and our boy uh, Joseph basically hooked up with one. Uh, so. Yeah, I was I was like, is this an After Dark book? I was thinking of that too. He's like, oh, here we go. Tentacles and Wait. sex scenes. Like, I oh my God. That's right. I did make a note that was like, I think Rico's going to love this book at this point. That's when I was like, and Rico has fallen in love. We have tentacles and like weird group sex I scene. Sci fi. I felt, okay. I felt weird about it. That was weird. Because uh, I didn't, yeah. I didn't understand exactly what was going on. Yeah. Still don't really know. Yeah, I'm gonna um, have to reread it again. I, <laughs> I don't think I need to reread it. Uh, <laughs> but what I understand is they weren't actually having sex together, like with each other. Um, what yeah. is it, Nikon? Nikonj? Yeah. Uh, his or their it's <sighs> it's really yeah. quick. It's it yeah. they use they use it instead of they yes so it yes um nikonj uses its tentacles or no its arms is it its arms or its tentacles i i couldn't tell you something one of those to basically go around the necks and hook into their nervous system or something yeah. like that and it uh basically stimulates the nerves or something in their bodies and then they share this mental connection through Nikonj and in their mind they are experiencing sex. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep. But they're not allowed to touch each other in the real world and it's all in their mind. I think so. That made sense to me kind of at first but then where it confused me later on, and maybe there's something I missed, is big spoiler for the book, and this is going to be a spoiler for you, Bella, but Lilith is pregnant with Joseph's kid that Nikonj inseminated her with. How did Nikonj get the semen if they don't actually have physical sex? Well, they'd been collecting... Yeah. But, 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 but it dude, said something, know. it said something along the lines of, I can only store <laughs> it for so long. Like implying that, oh, implying that it was inseminated with the semen from Joseph and can only hold on to it for so long before it's no longer viable to transfer to Lilith. Wait, I think I think that was my understanding. Conch so if I'm remembering correctly, Nikonj was in the middle of Lilith mm -hmm. and Joseph. Yes. So perhaps when Joseph naturally released as a result of this like sexual encounter, it released into Nikonj some or on Nikonj. I don't. 
You know what I'm saying? Like, if he's in the middle, if it's uh-huh. in the middle, uh-huh. things uh-huh. can happen. And that's how it could have gotten a sample. You're, you're saying I it, it was in the splash zone. <laughs> Here we go. <laughs> this is not an after dark episode. This isn't after dark, Rico. I'm trying to come at this from a very clinical perspective. Okay, sci-fi, uh, clinical, okay. Yes, so yes. that's how, n- knowing that, um, that's how I would come to understand it happened somehow. Again, I think, like, because this was written in the 80s, they really dance around it. Um, yeah. So. Going back to the 80s, I, th- I think one of the biggest factors that indicated that it was written a number of decades ago was the fact that the Uloi are referenced as it, mm-hmm. as opposed to yeah. that. I, I, I think today, the, the the more common go-to language is they, them, and there's very there's different variations thereof, but mm-hmm. I would imagine Butler wrote this now, they, the Uloi would have been they, them, instead yeah. of it. Um, so that mm-hmm. is one of the biggest um, indicators that, oh yeah, this was written a while back. Um, language has kind of evolved it's more acceptable mm-hmm. norms now. But kind of to that point, I want to say that this book felt ahead of its time yeah. in the way that it even yeah. tackled oh, for sure. the fact that there was a third gender and the way that they, like at one point, Joseph and Lilith are talking about what what's happened with Nikonj, the, the non-consensual, consensual sex we need, interaction, we need to talk about which we that. could talk about. Yeah. We need to talk about that too. Um, that... You know, Lilith is like, or, or Joseph is like, well, doesn't doesn't it feel like very male to you? This, the conj, this uloi, and Lilith is like, no, it is neither. Like it is, it is it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is beyond the scope of of gender and sex. It just it just exists. So I was like, well, that feels you know very different from even what we have today. Like people being able to grasp the concept of like ungendered non-binary uh species or or folks but then you have the non-consensual consensual (laughs) sex like it's non-consensual like by our standards sure um yeah but for the 80s like the, the way that we were trying to be like Oh no, but because it was pleasurable and because yeah. like we're together, this is something well, you should enjoy. Therefore, I didn't do anything and you just need to come around to the idea that like this is now our relationship. I don't know. I that felt like all kinds of ick oh, no, to me. All bad. No, but literally Nikonj, I think at one point said something to the effect of mm-hmm. your words said something different from your body. Yep. And it was yeah. listening to their body. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which in today's Oh yeah. Words Super problematic. Be, Absolutely. You You said it. no, but your body said yes. Exactly. Yeah. You were asking for it. Yeah. In every way other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was it, very it's... uncomfortable. I was like, oh my God, this is this is rape. <laughs> I mean, we, we joke that this is kind of an after dark book, but I think in a lot of ways it's also kind of a horror book. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. There's, there's a lot of horror elements to this. My takeaway of, of Joseph's reaction to, to um, Yon Kali and, and also, oh, what is, I forgot the other guy's name. The one who had, had like 70 kids that he, had knew, he knew nothing um, of. Paul. I think it was mm-hmm. Paul. So Paul, um, mm-hmm, Paul, Paul Titus, Paul Titus. There we go. Mm-hmm. I think there were there was the 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 male characters in this book were very vocal about this idea of the Owen Collie doing something to me that I do not want, that I am not a willing participant mm-hmm. of. Well, and it, even, was, it was the even male Lilith. Hmm? Even Lilith was was all vocal about that too. Yeah, but Lilith kind of came around to it. And, 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 but but, but, I, but the point I'm trying to make is I think, um, uh, how do I say this with being sensitive? Historically, I think women have had to deal with that more than men have. So there's an yeah. element of women's like, I know what this feels like already. I know what it feels like for 
someone to take the choice away from me or try to push themselves on me. Men mm -hmm. historically do not. I'm not saying that's always the case. There are definitely examples yeah. of men being taken advantage of. But the men were very vocal about like, what the hell? Like, no, step away from me. And so, so that scene with Joseph and he's freaking out. I think that was because that's his first time dealing with this. Whereas like Lilith, you know, back on earth probably had some sort of experience with this kind of stuff. And and that's why she was able to yeah. accept it a little easier and come around to it. And I don't know. Am I yeah. making sense? <laughs> no. Yeah. When you juxtapose Lilith's reaction to Paul nearly beating her to death because she didn't want to have sex with him mm -hmm. versus Joseph's yes, exactly. reaction to a, and there I uh, like a, pleasurable sexual experience um with his partner and her other partner mm -hmm. um is you know i i think says a lot to what you're you're talking about yeah. like this idea that like men human men are learning about like boundary violation yes yes um in a way that they've never experienced before especially like if these men are from earth 250 years ago. Oh boy, is that a reality that is shocking to them? Like mm -hmm. in the 80s we were still seeing movies that were normalizing like you know, group rape and mm -hmm. rape in general um to where it's like oh she's just easy, like go for it. Um so I it, it was interesting and I feel like that may be part of what Octavia Butler was commenting on and like Laura mentioned like this book is really deep and we could probably talk about it for more than just like the hour or so that we do um but I, I that definitely felt part of it like the gender norms the gender roles that these characters were gonna play like Lilith being in charge Lilith being stronger and being seen as like not straight and not a woman because she's so strong but these are things that the Uloi are like, no, that's like honorable. That's desirable for you to be. And like everyone else just needs to like get with it. And she's like, you don't understand humans. Mm -hmm. They're like, you don't understand us. It's like, that's not what we're different arguments here. <laughs> like you're, you're changing their whole worldview basically overnight. Like it's been 250 years, but these people have only been awake maybe once or twice so yeah. far. Yeah. Um, yeah, a real reality check for some of these guys, mm -hmm. uh, especially like Peter and Kurt, right? Peter, no, Tate, no, Peter, yeah, Peter yeah. and Kurt, yeah. yeah. Um, so who, like, my understanding is represent what went wrong with humanity, you know, the like alpha male, gross type, toxic masculinity, toxic masculinity. Um, Always comes back to that. <laughs> I uh, so I I usually do just a little bit of research about the books before we record. So I I did some on this book. Like you mentioned, this is a deep book. There's a lot, um, but I did I I was reading some stuff, and there was one article that said that um, this this book. The themes of this book are agency, consent, power, and ownership. And so the different characters that we're seeing throughout, the different human characters we're seeing throughout this book are the different reactions to each of these themes. Mm -hmm. um, and it, it, in the end, it also, like, you can also kind of, it reminds me a little bit of Lord of the Flies and yeah. how they react to certain situations. Yeah. Yeah, I definitely got big Lord of the Flies vibes um, when they're in the like the nature area, mm -hmm. um, just trying to survive on their own and trying to get violent because they're left to their own devices. And of course, given the first opportunity, they're going to kill somebody. So, yay humans! I actually really <laughs> liked Joseph, and I was really sad when he died. Spoiler yeah, alert. <laughs> I was like, damn. <laughs> I was listening to the audiobook when I got to that scene and so the, you know the author's reading that and I was like, "Oh fuck. That was damn, that was brutal." Yeah, and the way it happened, it wasn't just like a quick like stab or gunshot. It was just like 
almost decapitated. This guy's been axed to death. Because he had, because he had the the healing abilities, yeah, right? So he was like he was, yeah. And then the so fact they had to that, do something. Yeah, and the fact that the Owen Collie they have all this control, but in this situation, they didn't. Hmm. But I don't think we've mentioned yet. Like the Owen Collie can like both in, in Lilith's um, story and Joseph's. Like they they can manipulate. Our our genetic human genetic makeup to to bestow upon them certain abilities like Lilith is strong and um, heals and then Joseph was able to heal quickly and and so I'm, I, my question at the end because Lilith and the, the other the humans are very much like Lilith you're not human anymore do we think Lilith is still human at the end of this book I didn't feel like she was human even to the point where I was reading like the way that she interacted with the humans like she no longer acted fully human like she was irritated with some of their humanness some of their like questioning of of like their captors their protectors like there's just something about her that ignored some of those old human feelings in her like she still craved human company uh, and community, but the way that she interacted with them, the way that she was like irritated with their, like, oh yeah, I figured they'd want to like look in the cabinets and like I made sure to show them, like very placating, very oh, condescending. No. I honestly feel like I would react that way too. <laughs> <laughs> like the way Lilith did, or the way yeah. that the because if the she's, she's been doing this, she's already been with them for years at this point. Yeah. And so she knows how things work. She knows what's going on. She's supposed to be teaching well, them. You know, I would probably get to the point where I'm like, these people are fucking stupid. Well, that's what. Well, that's what I'm saying. She's she's been with the Uloi and the Owen Kali for so long that like, I think she's more like them than human now. Oh, so you're just saying like personality wise, thought wise. Yeah, yeah. Not like actual like genetic makeup or whatever I, I i think like more like in the way that she acts if our actions and our thought process is what makes us uniquely human she doesn't think like that anymore hmm. Hmm. she doesn't act that way anymore laura what do you think was she was she still human whether in her behavior or actually genetically because she was definitely genetically different and at the end she's she's well, pregnant with a hybrid child so i mean is she human anymore I, what does that mean? I the way that I understood it wasn't it wasn't um at at some point I think Nikonj uh, explained um the things that they could do to her genes or something like that and it made it sound like it wasn't necessarily changing them it was like um unlocking mm-hmm. something that's already in her yeah, body correct yeah so to me, I feel like it's still kind of a gray area, but I feel like that doesn't necessarily make her not human. Um, because if it was already there, then that to me means that it was just, it is part of being a human. So they turned her into a super soldier. Yes. She's just the pinnacle of human. Yeah. We're going to see her in, in the next Captain America movie. Uh, yeah, I'm here for it. Hell yeah. <laughs> what do you think? Um, I mean, what you just said makes a lot of sense. So yeah, I mean, I guess now I would say yeah, she's she is human. She's 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 us. I think she's a first step in maybe something beyond human, or the next step okay. in human evolution, whatever that may be. Like I'm not sure where the sequels go, but if the sequels were to jump another 250 years, I can see humanity being different, slightly different than what we know now, and mm-hmm. it's because she is. The forebearer, all that, and I think there was even hints of of her genetically already being slightly different. Um, I forgot where, like when Nakonja's hand was like almost chopped off or tentacle, whatever. Oh, right. And and they had to lay together. I think Nakonji even said that like I'm able to heal from you because you have something more to you. Um, I don't remember exactly what it was, and I, at least that was my understanding that there's there's something even even then that makes her above your average human, um, whatever that may be. But, um, yeah. So 
I thought it was interesting the the explanation for what happened to humanity because mm-hmm. it's they basically say humanity is is destroyed and they yeah. describe it as or no they they explained it as the Owen Colley thought humanity made a suicide pact mm-hmm. because they were constantly just killing each other off. That makes a lot of sense if you look at it from the outside. <laughs> um, and and it, it narrowed it down to humanity had two things playing against it that got, it, got us to that destruction, which was intelligence and hierarchy. And I thought that was a really interesting um, way to put it. I wanted to get your guys' input, like what your thoughts were on that just kind of general explanation of what happened and why, basically why humans were already doomed to destroy itself because of those two things. If you, yeah, if you look at the history of humanity and almost any any social group, any civilization we've ever had, there's always been a hierarchy in place. The haves, the haves not, the different castes, the working class, the proletariats, the, the bourgeois. The, like, there's always separation that puts us in a pecking order. And it's always self-imposed, really. There's no reason for it. It's just We just put it upon ourselves because we're idiots. And so if you look at humanity from that lens, that makes a lot of sense. Like, humanity is never going to be at peace if they're the billionaires way up here and then everybody else who has nothing for no reason. Well, and in even, even Lilith mentions that um, when she started being around the males, females and the, why am I blanking? The Uloi. She says like, it was weird that they said hierarchy was a problem because there was already hierarchy in the Owen Kali society as well, because it seems the Uloi were considered higher rank. Um, so I'm I'm wondering if maybe that comes into play in the future books somehow. Mm-hmm. I think it also has a lot to say about, I mean, human nature is the wrong word because they're aliens, but the idea of a totally evolved species. There's no such thing. Like, they're always going to have their own problems. And it's so easy for someone else to point out flaws in another group and ignore the fact that they have the same flaws, mm-hmm. right? Like, if you look at the history of, like, colonization and you, you see these savages and look how look how uncivilized they are and look how savage they are. But they ignore the things in their own civilization that make them savages, that make them uncivilized. Um, so I think that was an yeah. example of the Owen College. Like, you guys are destroying yourselves, or you have because of your hierarchy. Ignoring the fact that they have the same thing. <laughs> um, yeah. And in the future, another alien species is going to come down to the Owen College. Like, you guys destroyed yourself because of your own hierarchy. And they'll have a hierarchy, too, and it's going to be a perpetual cycle because intelligent life is not very intelligent. No, that that's that's exactly it. Like hierarchies, they're present in every single species, like uh, wherever you look, like planet, extraterrestrial, like whatever. They're going to exist because like not it's not just because like we're intelligent doesn't mean that we're immune to the temptation of a hierarchy. It's easy. It's simple. Like it, it makes sense. Like and I actually think that us being smarter makes us more susceptible to it because we look for order and efficiency. So we create these systems that organize to organize ourselves. And I think that hierarchy is just natural. It's inherent in the animal kingdom. So it's inherent in our DNA. Like they even kind of talk about that, like your animal ancestry, right? When they're talking about Lilith's family and and the cancer and then like her other genes that are stronger. So like hierarchy is ingrained in us to a certain extent. So I think it just becomes natural for us to lean on that. And it's, it is kind of the most efficient, efficient, like who decides what we do and when we do it, like you can't use a committee to decide that. Like I joke about that all the time at work since I work with the state and work in the government for the last few years, like the design review approval process, like coming up with ideas, you need somebody to direct you. 
We have a president in place for that. Like we have leadership in place. Like you can't just have everyone decide collectively. Like we do vote by majority, but there's still a vote and there's still a, there's still something to say, like how these ideas come up and how we talk about them. We look to opinion leaders. Naturally, someone is going to come out as the person on top who we look to for this, how we organize otherwise a little bit different. It might look different. We might not call it a hierarchy, like the own call. You don't call it that, but it doesn't mean that it isn't just some food for thought. Just feels like a natural progression, a natural formation of any species, any society. You're going to have some element of hierarchy. Maybe we depended on it too much, but I think for the own collie to not see it in themselves was really interesting too. And, and I think that's probably what she was trying to get us to think about what the author was trying to get us to think about. So, yeah. That is actually an interesting thought that it is an inevitability and one way or another, it will happen. Right. Makes sense. Okay. Okay. Uh, really quick before we wrap up the discussion on the book, I just want to point out that on February 26, 2020, Amazon studios acquired the streaming rights for the series. So we may, actually end up getting an adaptation for this book didn't amazon also get the rights to some of octavia butler's other books or is that i don't know if that was amazon maybe it was something else um please hold while i look this up kindred i'm thinking of yeah. kindred. kindred kindred by octavia butler was adapted on hulu that's right yeah that's right it's hulu um, I have not watched Kindred, um, and I've actually haven't really looked up to see if it's any good or anything, but that might be worth checking out as there's no guarantee that this other adaptation will ever get made. Um, it's a lot of things get announced and then die in development. Happens, yeah. So we'll see. But, but I, but I agree that I think this, as I was listening to it, reading it, I, I did agree that this would make for a good cinematic experience, yes. whether a movie or a, or a. A TV show. So, all right. Well, as we mentioned earlier, I mean, we could discuss so many more things on this book. I think there's a lot there. It's not a very long book, but there's a, there's a lot that is being said. But just make sure that we don't speak forever. Let's move on. <laughs> um, this book is currently rated 4.15 out of over 43,000 ratings on Goodreads. So that is a good rating out of a lot of people who've read it. So now my question for both of you. Would we consider this book shit or the shit? Laura. Uh, I guess this is one of those times when I wish we were doing ratings. I have a feeling we're going to retire this rating system. Like <laughs> this was this was our experiment for season two. And I don't think any single time has it ever gone smoothly. I know there's there's been. I, yeah, no, I think you're right. I think every episode, at least one of us wanted to do a normal rating <laughs> instead of the two. Yeah. Um. Okay, but I I would say if I'm doing just shit or the shit, I would say the shit because I did still I did enjoy it. Okay. I mean, there were issues that I had with it, but not enough to like complain about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I would say it was a it was a good book. Bella, would you give it seventy percent of a shit or seventy percent of the shit? <laughs> so. I got to say this book is the shit. I mean, I ha- I have to get give credit where credit is due. This was a good sci-fi book. It's not I don't like sci-fi necessarily. It's not my cup of tea, but it, it's definitely a great book. I mean, it's incredibly well-written, thought-provoking, ahead of its time on gender and and sexual relationships and like hierarchy like we've talked about, like all of these like how do we organize ourselves as human? What makes us human? Um, this book still holds up today. It stands the test of time. So I, I think you would be remiss not to read it. Like, I, I'm glad that I read it. It's a great book. Um, it's just not something I'd normally reach for. And that's why I love this podcast. Yeah, I think it's a shit. I enjoyed it. I think I think it's a solid book. <laughs> you know, unless, unless you're a new to sci-fi, in which case this might be a little difficult to, to consume. Um, I think most people would enjoy it. So, I agree. Yeah. all right so that's the discussion on dawn um before we say goodbyes just quickly what are some of the things we're going to be reading next uh anybody going to be reading anything fun 
Uh, I am going to probably read an advanced reader copy of Made of Stars by Jenny Voris. You don't say. Oh, yes. Mm. I'm very excited for this. Um, Penguin Random House was kind enough to send us copies of this book. Um, so I'm excited to read it. It it uh, sounds like a uh, an exciting story in space. I'll just leave it at that. Okay. All right. Bella, are you anything fun next? Or are you going to continue on with your series? Um, you know, it's on to the next Akatar book for me. Um, I'm just about to finish number three, so I'm assuming number four, A Court of Silver Flames, is going to be my next read for sure, like 99% chance. That is my next book by the time we talk. Um, but also my friend just self-published a book. It's called A Thousand Lives by H.V.E. Bagdasarian. Um, so I'm going to be reading that when my, uh, sorry, I should have actually, I should say it was my friend's brother. It feels like it's her cause she's his one woman PR situation. Uh, but she's bringing me the book to read. And so I'm going to be reading that next month, um, probably before our next podcast. So oh, yeah, nice. looking forward to, to reading that. He's been working on it for a while. So yeah, but otherwise surviving school and, and reading when I can. <laughs> so <laughs> of course, of course. Nice. Uh, what are you reading next, Rico? Um, the next thing I'm going to read is called is a book called Season of the Dragon by Natalie Wright. Natalie uh, reached out to us and asked if we would uh, be interested in reading her book. And so I looked it up, and it's an epic fantasy set in a world of mages and rogues and dragonmancers, myth, mystery, and court intrigue. And so I was like, ooh, that sounds interesting. I definitely want to check this out. Uh, she was nice enough to send us a digital arc so I'm going to be reading that next. Um, and also just really quickly, just want to also shout out that she also has a book podcast for all you book Ooh. people who might be interested in other people talking about books. Uh, she and her co-host, Robin, have a podcast called Tipsy Nerds Book Club. And um, as the name hints, Tipsy Nerds, they talk about books, but they also have drinks that are inspired by the books. So I've listened to a few episodes. It's a lot of fun. Um, so it's, it's always nice hearing people talk about books and, and similar interests. So anyways, that's the book I'm reading next. Thanks for sending that over, Natalie. Uh, I'm looking forward to reading it. Nice. Yeah. Um, okay. So as always, if you have uh, read Dawn, if you have read any of the other books we have mentioned, uh, you know, you agree with us, disagree with us, have thoughts you want to give, by all means, please join in the conversation you can find us on social media, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at Shit We've Read. Pretty easy. You can find us everywhere on that. All right. Next episode. Well, we kind of have two. The, the next episode, immediately after this, is actually going to be our next author interview with Jenna Voris, the debut author of Made of Stars, which uh, Laura already mentioned. That episode <laughs> is going to be out March 15th. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, oh, really quickly, the book, by the way, it's a, it's a heart-stopping young adult sci-fi tale of passion and crime inspired by the lawless love story of Bonnie and Clyde. So that definitely sounds like it'll be a fun read for sure. Yeah, yeah so again, that's going to be out March 15th. And then after that, the end of March on March 29th is going to be our season finale episode. Our last episode of the season and when we'll take a break and then come back. But that book is going to be The Last Adventure of Constance Verity by A. Lee Martinez. And that book is a humorous fantasy about an adventurer who has been saving the world since she was seven and is sick of it. So she sets off on one last adventure to assassinate her fairy godmother and become the one thing she's never been, ordinary. And that should be a fun read as this well. This sounds like a trip. <laughs> that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, a great last conversation I have for this season. And also the name I felt like is appropriate. The last adventure of Constantinity, yeah. the last adventure of the season. You know, we don't do these things on accident, people. Okay. There's some thought that goes behind it. <laughs> Sometimes. Don't hold me to that. I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think these last two books are going to be a lot of fun to read. Heck yeah. Yes. And this one last thing I want to say, uh, as I mentioned we chose this book because it's Black History Month. Happy Black History Month to everybody. We hope you've had a wonderful month. But again, do not 
wait only until February to read books by black authors. Please read them all year long. Diversify what you read. Um, queer black authors, straight black authors, women, men, non-binary, whatever you can get your hands on. Um, there's so many amazing books. We've read a few this year. So please diversify. Um, can't stress that enough. All right. Well, that's that for this episode. Bella, Laura, thanks for chatting. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having Anytime. Welcome. You're welcome anytime. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Bye. 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 Shit We've Read is hosted by Laura Benson, Jason Rico, and Bella Romero, with music by Joshua Chilton and editing by Jason Rico. To join the discussion on this and all other books we've read, find us at Shit We've Read on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. For more information about us or to request transcripts, please visit shitweavered.com. This podcast is part of the Bilo Network. Visit bilonetwork.com for more great geeky podcasts. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening.